Welcome to On Our Way, a podcast for those wanting ambitious faith, a place for those needing a little pep talk, for those wanting to know they aren't alone in the daily battles and triumphs, and a place to know all of it comes directly from God. He sees you, He loves you, and He is all about being with you every step of the way. What will He teach you today? Let's find out. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of On Our Way, you guys. I am so pumped for this topic today. I feel like I'm pumped for every topic, but I'm really pumped for this topic today because I think it's something that not everyone can really comprehend or make sense of. And when we last spoke, I told you, you know, we'd be talking about how what we do spiritually really affects us physically and kind of vice versa and how serving God with our physical bodies will sp- strengthen our spiritual life. So I'm really excited to dive into this. And, um, you know, we live in a world, you guys, that is populated by unseen supernatural beings who whose activities really intersect our lives. It doesn't matter, you know, whether we see it or not is absolutely there. And in layman's terms, you know, we we separate these really into two categories, right? So angels and demons, those are the two categories that we kind of separate these into. And we've all heard of this, but as believers, I think we need to be reminded and especially as unbelievers, even, you know, we, we just really need to be awakened to the fact that this actually exists. Do you know, or do you think knowing about this really kind of equips us to fight the spiritual warfare fight? Yes, absolutely. You bet it does. And I think you guys are really going to be fascinated by this, like I said, but you're you're also going to find some ways to fight those spiritual unseen battles with your physical bodies. And um, let's just, let's dive into it, you guys, because I'm really, really excited. So I want to talk about, you know, when the Bible says or mentions the sons of God, it actually only presents that term in the old testament five times so i'm going to tell you those five times and this is important for me to preface our episode with today because it kind of sets up the rest of our time together today so the first one is in job chapter one verse six and these this one and the next one are very very similar um which is a little added verbiage so job chapter one verse six says this now there was a day when the sons of god came to present themselves before the lord and satan also came among them Okay, so Job chapter two, verse one says this again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came among them to present himself before the Lord. The third time this appears is Job chapter 38, verse seven, and it says when the morning stars sang together and all of the sons of God shouted for joy. And then finally, in Genesis uh, chapter six, verses one through four, it says when human beings became to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. Now, a lot of people read this and think, okay, God is telling us that we're going to live to be 120 years old. We know from reading the Bible that there are many people older than 120, um, way, way past that. And so what God is really saying in this verse is, you know, I'm not going to let you live to be 120. That's how many years I'm going to give you to repent, right? Those, Those 120 years is what I'm going to give you to make it right with me. So, you know, what does the sons of God actually mean? It doesn't mean physical human beings like you're probably picturing in your head, right? These are fallen angels, you guys. So the last verse I read to you in Genesis literally means that fallen angelic beings were having relationships with human women and producing this demonic offspring. 
sounds trippy, right? Like it sounds like it's totally made up fictional that could never actually happen. But guys, look, we know that angels can look like human beings, right? We read about it all the time. And some of you, some of you maybe even have experienced that. And I want to tell you a personal story that happened to me. And to this day, you guys, I swear I was talking to an angel in human form. I mean, hands down, I absolutely was. So it was right around the 4th of July and my family and I were headed to Texas to spend it with my husband's family. And we were super pumped to get there. We had everything and you guys, I mean everything, loaded up in the car, headed to the airport. And for those of you guys with small children or who once had small children, you know what it takes. There's a lot of planning, a lot of prep work to get your family to the actual airport. So we arrived, we had three suitcases, two car seats. We had my Morky Chloe with us. So it was a Lot. Like it was a lot of things. And I'm going to post actually a, a photo on the podcast Instagram page this week. So you guys can see what I'm talking about. We had a lot of stuff. But once we got on the plane, I noticed that my youngest son started not feeling well. And if you are a parent, you know that feeling you're like, Oh, no, it's happening. What do we do? And it just continually got worse and worse. And when we got to our connection, it was actually at Dallas. He was miserable, you guys, miserable. And on top of that, our next flight got canceled. We didn't want to rent a car uh, with the boys' car seats. And to be honest, we didn't really want to spend the night in a hotel either, but we just felt it was probably better for the boys to get some rest in a hotel rather than a rental car, right? So once we got there, uh, you know, we were very, very aware of the fact that we had no luggage, we had no crib, uh, nothing for our son to sleep in, right? So he was, I think he was a year old at the time. And he progressively felt worse and worse. And he was up literally the entire night crying, which means, of course, all of us were up the entire night. And trust me when I say we all wanted to cry as well. And if you're listening to this and you, you, you were in that hotel, I feel for you. I had the screaming baby. You guys, my condolences. We felt the same pain, I can assure you. But my poor baby, he was super sick. And by the time the sun came up, I told my husband, you know, I just looked at him straight in the eyes and I said, I'm getting us a flight back home right? I wasn't going to make him go hang out with friends and family and be away from home when he felt this bad. So here's where God really started to show his miracles to me. When I went to book the plane tickets, there was one seat left on the plane. One, one seat. You guys, what are the chances? Miracle number two, when I got to the airport and said goodbye to my husband and my older son, I went to board the plane and the ticket woman kind of just told me to hang back a minute while she scanned the boarding passes. And I was like, oh, great. I have no idea what's happening, but you know, something's going to go wrong. So I'm holding this crying, unhappy, sick baby being held back from the ticket counter. I'm just like, oh my gosh, what is going to be happening? So finally she called me over and she smiled at me and she said, ma'am, we've upgraded you to first class. Enjoy your flight. And I was like, what? Wait, what? What? You guys, usually when I hop on an airplane with a baby, I get the mean mugs and the glares and you know all of the things that make me feel like a little scummy, right? So I never in a million years would have thought I'd be upgraded to first class. So to this day, it is still the only time that that has ever, ever happened to me. So once I board, I tell the, the nice man in the aisle that I'm in the window, right? So he stands up, lets me in, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he's going to be so bummed that he sat next to the lady with the crying baby, right? And I sat down and he reached over and he held my son's hand with his finger. And he told me how cute my baby was, which as you can probably imagine, is a little mind-blowing already. Like my mind was already starting to be like, what in the world? This is too good to be true. So next he leans over, he smiles, and he says that that baby's going to be asleep in seven minutes. 
anyways, I kind of chuckled and I said something like, oh, I pray so, or I hope so, or something like that. But I secretly looked at my watch to see what time it was. We talked a little bit. He told me, you know, that if I ever needed a break, he'd be happy to walk him up and down the aisle after his nap. He kept saying after his nap, after his nap. And after I, I, we kind of got done with our small talk, I noticed that my son was asleep and I looked down at my watch and it had been exactly seven minutes. And I was so blown away that I felt like kind of like all the blood had left my body for a second. You know, I was just seriously, you guys, I was in utter disbelief. How did he know that? How did he know my baby was going to be asleep in seven minutes? So he offered to get me water and, you know, some kind of drink when my son slept and I declined, but like, what a nice offer, right? Who, who does that on an airplane? So you guys, my baby slept from wheels up to wheels down on that flight while this man sat right next to me and he was checking in on us both every so often. And so I truly, to this day think that that man was an angel in disguise. I know he was sent from heaven. I know he was sent to help us. We both hadn't slept in about 36 hours and I had been crying so much, just, you know, not knowing how to help my son. And we were both tired and all of the things, but I knew for some reason I had to be on that flight and God knew I needed to be in that seat with that man. Right? So can angels be disguised as humans? Absolutely. Absolutely. They can. And there is proof right there. Do you have a story like that? Do you have something where you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I have a story that's so, so similar. You guys send it to me, DM the podcast page on Instagram and tell me because I want to repost those. I want everyone to hear more stories like this. So we absolutely are for sure that angels can be on earth. I truly, truly believe that. Okay. So back to our topic. Our human nature is really to look at the physical, right? And we face so many giants and sometimes we don't need the strongest or the bravest or the tallest person around to lead us. Sometimes we just need the person with the best heart. And the issue will never be your height. It will be your heart. He wants somebody to lead that leads from his own heart. And when you understand that there's kind of that spiritual battle, then the problems we face really become easier to fight. And you're going to approach that battle completely differently. So here's a really good example. When David goes to fight Goliath, he says something to the tone of, you know, you can come against me with a sword, a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. So basically, I don't know how to throw a javelin better than you or use my sword better than you, but I know that I have a God who fights for me. I face my battles with his power. So David actually goes on to say, um, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel and that all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. So that's Samuel chapter 17, verses 45 through 47. So in other words, you guys, expect great things when you call on his name. Expect it. You can view impossible situations from God's point of view. And when you do those giant problems you're facing, they're going to be put into much greater perspective. And lastly, you will have victory over your giants. Can you imagine David, little old David, saying this to this gigantic beast of a man who's super intimidating and scary and huge, right? I'll strike you down and cut off your head. 
that's bold. Like that is so bold. But David knew that he had God on his side and you can bet that you do too, friend. You do too. Today, right now, he is on your side. And yes, there are powers of darkness against you. And I am here to remind you that it's not people we are fighting against. It's not that you can't get along with your wife. It's the devil inserting himself. It's not your manager that you hate. It's the evil forces trying to cause division. The problem isn't that you need a raise or that you can't make enough money. It's the enemy getting into your thoughts and telling you that you aren't worthy of it, right? Is this sounding familiar? Satan's strategy really comes down to three things. He wants to deceive, destroy, and divide. And that's his only purpose. He destroys our testimony, our marriages, our financials. He plays on the weakest part of us and he does whatever he can to keep us from being fully committed to God and really serving him. And life is a spiritual battle and it may look physical, you guys, but it's not, it never will be. So I want to bring up Saul, right? So he thought his army was big and tall and strong. And he said, if they're tall, I'll be tall. If they use a sword, I'll use a sword too. And if friends that, if that's how you're living your life, you're going to lose every single time. So that here comes little David, I like to call him little David with his tiny little slingshot, and he is taking on the world. He knew he'd win that battle because God would help him, right? It's not his strength or his aim that placed that stone in the giant's forehead. It was God that guided the rock for his glory. So I want to ask you, what is your giant right now? What are you going through? What spiritual battle are you fighting? Is it at work? Are you annoyed with your coworker or talking poorly about somebody else? Are you constantly nitpicking your spouse for things that probably don't really matter? Are you judging somebody? Are you judging the girl that you saw down the street because she wouldn't dress like you'd prefer, right? Remember, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. If we're fighting a spiritual battle, we need spiritual weapons. The enemy is so clever and he knows when we're weak. He knows what it takes to get our attention. He knows what it takes to trip us up. And he's really, really good at putting a whole bunch of excuses in our head. So we miss out on God's blessing in our lives. He wants us to pull away from him. He wants our sights set on material things. If he can change your mind on God's purpose for your life, he has you exactly right where you want, where he wants you. And here's the thing, guys, he's not going to stop. He'll tell you why you don't have time to read your Bible, that you have somewhere else you need to be that you, you don't have time for it. He'll tell you that you won't even understand what you're reading. So why would you even try, right? He'll tell you not to apologize because dang it, you are always right. You're always right, sister. Why would you apologize to that person? Don't do it. He'll tell you to stay bitter and hold grudges and never forgive that person for what they did to you. You guys, the enemy hates God. He hates him. Doesn't that just leave you kind of feeling a little bit sick to your stomach? He hates anything God has created and especially God's children. He hates you, not just God. He wants to hurt God, but guess what? He can't, he can't hurt him. So what can he go after that will hurt God, his children, right? Us, he's going to go after his children. So I'm going to say it again, guys. We are not fighting human beings. I want you to say it, like say it out loud. Say it with me. We are not fighting other human beings. People are not the source of your problems. They might be the conduit or the vessel, you guys, but they are not the source. It's not your coworkers. It's not the person who has way different political views than you. It's not your competitor, the person who gossips behind your back and spreads lies about you. When you feel the urge to really disregard your integrity or be quiet and not stand up for what you believe in, recognize right away that that's not coming from God. Recognize that just like Jesus did. Even if you've never read a page of the Bible in your life, you probably know that even hanging on the cross, Jesus muttered, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Respond that way. Pray for the people who hurt you. Pray for them. 
pray for them, but you guys don't let the devil steal the joy that God has given you. Someone else's bad choices absolutely do not determine your destiny. And God gives you the armor of God. You're equipped with it. You've had it since you were born. Get dressed for the battle. Put on the truth and the righteousness. Put on the peace and the faith and use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Fill your spirit with it. So you always have that rebuttal when you're tempted to fall. The enemy wants you to respond with anger and hate. So respond in the exact opposite way, friends with love and kindness, and especially, especially prayer. Pray for that person. So today, this week, I want you all to take a stand harder than you ever have before. You may not remember all of the things I talked about today, so I'll, I'll, put, I'll make it really, really easy. Put on Jesus. And if you can't remember it all, put on truth, because Jesus has said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And yes, you will have tribulation in this world, but my peace I give you. So I want to end a little differently today. I'm going to end with a prayer. Um, and I hope that you guys enjoy this. I think that it will be helpful at the end of these podcasts to really end on an amazing note, talking to our Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, I praise you that you are greater than any problem I may face. I thank you for the assurance that you will give me strength and safety. Today, I pray that each person listening to this podcast will be filled with your sword, your faith, your love, your peace, your truth, and your righteousness. I pray that they are filled with the Holy Spirit and develop a deeper relationship with you. I pray for our country and our community, and I pray that we always remember your protections and your provisions. May the days ahead be days of spiritual revival, your wonderful miracles, and your divine protection. Please let everyone listening to this podcast experience your blessings on a massive, massive scale and let them see your goodness and love. Next week, friends, we are going to be talking all about the Holy Spirit and how to fill up your spiritual cup. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. I'm also going to fill you in on the day I received it and how it was an experience I'm never, ever going to forget. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram. We are at onourway underscore podcast and leave us a review on your favorite platform of choice so others can enjoy and find these episodes as well. See you next week, friends. Be good to each other and God bless.